Always. So, let's see what we got. Friday night, community movie night, faith-based movie, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. I heard it was good. I haven't seen it. But that's this Friday. Free movie, free popcorn. If you've never been here for a movie, we have a big screen that pulls down and covers that whole space. And a good movie projector and free popcorn. And tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Come for a movie. It's free. Fall Festival is happening the 27th. So that's a week from Friday. That'll be from 6 to 9. And um, so we're, we're going for it. And we think it's important for the community. So... Uh, to get the kids in here. We got some fun stuff happening. We got some surprises going on. More than anything, I need volunteers at night. So if you can come and help, six to nine, um, help us a little before, help us afterwards, because after we're done, we got to set back up again. But that's coming on the 27th. We're excited about that. We are, however, canceling the 5K that we do every year. I may reschedule it. Somebody said, why don't you reschedule it? And I was like, I hadn't thought about rescheduling anything. So... Maybe I will, but uh, but we're canceling it for the moment. The uh, women's study will pick back up again Monday, November 6th. So ladies, you've been asking about that, and we'll uh, get back to where we were on that. Uh, um, they were in the middle of the 23rd Psalm study. So Dr. Lily leads that one. She said she'll be ready to go November 6th, and they'll finish that. The men's group is meeting currently Mondays at 630 Holy Yoga is back up and running, ladies. That's for you, Tuesday and Thursday mornings at 9.30. Um, Freedom for Life is back up and running. That's Tuesdays at 5.30. That's a group that basically deals with the hurts, the habits, and the hang-ups of life. And the Fit Club, which is uh, for also for ladies, meets Wednesdays at 9. They're back up and running. So lots of things coming back online. That's good. After... And continued craziness sort of going on and around, and we have uh, we'll have another one of our kids' rooms back up this week. So the, the uh, four to six year old room is repaired, and uh, that's a good thing. So six six out of eight are done. That's pretty good. Yeah. So okay, considering everything else we've been doing, that's really good. <laughs> we probably could have been done right away if we'd have just done that, but. There were more pressing needs. Okay. I got to get to my notes. But we're going to look together at Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. So if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there, you certainly can. Or there's Bibles in the rows. Or we may have gotten the verses. And we started, oh good, there's a recording going uh, our our live streaming is not working the way it should. We're we're doing a little Facebook live on the phone here, but the upload speed of our internet access has not come back yet. So it's it's frustrating a lot of things that we do, but that's okay. We're we're making do. I mean, we can do it without any of that fun stuff, but uh, it's a little different. But uh, so things are different in the back. But I wanted to look at uh, Hebrews ten nineteen through twenty five tonight. I just thought we'd take some time and kind of go over some. Um, some of what we call vineyard verses, verses that we sort of treasure and uh, spend a lot of time thinking about here. Um, we were in a week-by-week study through the Bible over the last eight years and change, and we, we finished the New Testament in about five years, and we 
we worked through Genesis and Exodus and Leviticus, and we had just started the book of Numbers before the hurricane come. I think we're three chapters in. But um, it just doesn't seem like the time to chop right back into numbers yet. So you'll know things are really back to the new normal when I say, okay, here we go, numbers. We're going we're gonna to work through it because then you get to Deuteronomy and then, but it's all good stuff. But anyway, I just thought we'd work through some of these verses. So this is Hebrews 10, 19 through 25. It may or may not show up on the screen. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. Blessed be the word of the Lord. I just thought we'd take some time and kind of work through those verses together very quickly just as a reminder. So we'll break them down and we'll sort of dig in a little bit into each one. Hebrews 10, 19 so then says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus. Now, if you've been uh, coming here for any length of time, I always tell you this. Whenever you're reading the scripture and you see a therefore, what do you have to do? Figure out what it's there for. Very good. It will change the way you read the scripture. So you just don't get to skip over it. Therefore. Well, what was there for? The therefore is the verses, in this case, right before it. Um, and it's pretty much all the verses from 8 through 17. Uh, and I'm just going to sort of give you the summary of those verses. You should certainly go back and read them. But in effect, what they're saying in those verses is that because of Jesus' perfect sacrifice for our sins, God no longer remembers our sins. The, the actual last verse is He remembers our sin and lawless acts no more. So this is extremely important for you to take deep into your heart. What Jesus did at the cross was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. You can remember it that way if you'd like. What Jesus did at the cross was a perfect sacrifice by a perfect person to perfect some very imperfect people. So because of what Jesus has done, not because of anything that we have done, we can enter into, verse 19 tells us, the most holy place. The most holy place, those of you that have studied with us here as we looked and worked through um, Exodus and, and parts of Leviticus together, um, you know that in the tabernacle and later in the temple, it was where the literal presence of God was, the scripture tells us. And what the... the writer of Hebrews is telling us is that because of Jesus, we can now be in the literal presence of God. We have access in Christ to the presence of God. And there's something about His presence that I, I like to think about, especially in situations like this, is that when we spend time with Him, when, when we're spending time praying, when we're spending time reading the Word, when we're spending time just in fellowship with Him, 
we get a different perspective on life and I like to think of it as a throne room perspective. We, we start to get an idea of the way that God is seeing things and it's usually much different than the way we see things. And so to me it's very important to start the day and trying to stay in the day by getting a throne room perspective for the day. And when that happens, you have a completely different way of looking at things that happen throughout the day. And, and what happens is, is that problems become opportunities for God to move. Worry and fear can be moved into faith and peace. Uh, and we can have hope in situations knowing that He's with us and that He's for us. And, and this is an amazing thing to get deep in your hearts. And it's, it's fascinating. So we're, you know, lots of things are happening right now. And uh, I wanted to thank uh, uh, Pete and the crew from Bayside that have come this week to help us. Um, if you haven't heard of the, that, what's going on is that the amazing church, Bayside, uh, has been uh, sending us uh, project managers. Um, and they started last week and they're here this week again who have taken over the assigning of the volunteers and the doing all of the work orders, which I was doing previously. And it's been a huge relief to me to be able to work on some other things and to do that. And again, the, the way God has brought churches together. So uh, Bayside has been here all week. Um, South, South Bay is back with us today. They just drove in, Pastor David and his team. And they're here and spending a few days. And this is their third visit down, or fourth, third, fourth, anyway. Um, it's amazing to watch God put these things together. And both of those churches were in that talk I did about t-shirts that showed up. They both sort of stayed up, showed up the very first time uh, together. And they both are from that area, Bayside, South Bay. Very cool. Uh, and, and I told you about that before. But anyway, um, Pete's here as well. And he's the, he and I were talking and he came up to me yesterday, the day before. He came up to me Monday. And he said to me, uh, hey, there's a, there's a note here from the last week's project manager that there's a guy who fixes chainsaws whose name's DJ. How do we get a hold of him? And I said, well, he's in the, he's in the Navy. He's gone for a couple of weeks. We're not going to get a hold of him. He goes, oh, well, we have, we have four chainsaws that aren't working. I said, here's, here's how we do this now. Uh, let's just pray and ask God to send somebody to fix the chainsaws. And so we stopped right there and we literally, I said, let's pray. And we said, Lord, would you please send someone very soon to fix these chainsaws? 30 minutes, all four chainsaws were running. S seriously, from the time it happened. So it's like those things are happening all the time. But see, you had a problem, and instead of it being a problem, like, oh, great, now the chainsaws are breaking, what are we going to do? It was just a, another opportunity to watch God move. And I have a thought that, so we're doing that stuff all the time now. It's wild. But, and I think we're supposed to be doing it all the time. I, you know? <laughs> And expecting him to do that stuff because that's what he does. I, you know, I'm, the last thing I want to do is see it stop. I mean, let me just go into prayer and say, well, God, this is really, this is pretty important. And boom, that drive, did you see the parking lot's cleared? I, I prayed. I'm not, I, other people prayed too. It's not me. I, I know it's not me, so don't hear me say that. But I was like, Lord, I, parking lot's a huge mess. There's trees everywhere. And I got to get that stuff out of here. And I, I started trying to shake the tree a little bit to find so I could hire some equipment to get it done. And, and then God sends folks that just did it, said, oh, just pray for us. We're good. How about, I mean, how does that even happen? You know what I mean? But I, it does happen because he's God. So 
we don't want to lose sight of that. And having a throne room perspective is really important. And just we, we can have hope in situations, knowing that he's with us and he's for us. He's got us. And I want you to have that in your own situations. Uh, and, and that you don't lose sight of that. That, you know, it, it's, he, he's got it. I, I don't know how he has it. I just know that he's got it. And you need to be aware of that. And what we have to understand in this process is that our confidence is in Christ. So that our, Ephesians 2, 4, and 6, it, it, it says this. Paul said this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It's by grace you've been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So in Christ, see, we, we also, we've been seated with him in the heavenly realms. And it's, it's in Christ that that happens. And, and we've talked about this a lot, and I, I think I talked about it last Wednesday. We, we talked about justification a little bit. But God sees us and relates to us in Christ. Uh, and so he sees us in the perfection of his son, which is an amazing deal when we're saved. You know, that's, that's part of your salvation, justification, that just somehow just as if we hadn't sinned, God chooses to see us in the perfection of His Son. And so our confidence to be in the literal presence of God isn't based in our own works or our own performance. It's always in Christ. And we need to remember that on this process. So in Christ, we have the amazing blessing available to us that we have access to the little, literal presence of God 24-7. And never take it for granted. Never take it lightly. Never stop pursuing the Lord. This is a gift that He gives us in the process. Verse 20. It all happens by a new and living way open for us through the curtain that is His body. Jesus made a way for us. The, the, the curtain that they're talking about is a thick curtain that surrounded the holy place, the most holy place. And there was no access granted. Um, uh, except to a high priest once a year to cover his sin and everybody else's for a very quick period of time. And it, but, but now his, his body, his, this new and living way opened for us through the curtain, which is his body. And there's a verse in Matthew 27, 50, 51. Uh, Jesus is on the cross. And when Jesus cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. At that moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. Can you imagine? So all those events that are happening at the crucifixion and, you know, it's getting, it's dark when it's supposed to be not dark and everything's going on. And when Jesus breathes his last, the, the temple curtain, thick, heavy curtain is torn from top to bottom. And it's saying that, that, uh, uh, th that this is the beginning of the, the high priesthood of Jesus. Um, the, the writer of Hebrews goes into great detail about the superiority of Christ and his ministry as high priest compared to the Levitical system, which we studied um, not very long ago, and, and, and its priest. Uh, Hebrews 6, 19 through 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf and he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And, and so the writer of Hebrews explains to us that, that Jesus has gone behind the curtain for us to serve as our high priest, our great priest. And, and so the tearing of the temple signified the start of Christ's ministry as high priest. That's when things started to happen. 
He goes on the Hebrews in 10.21 in our verse, and since we have a great priest over the house of God. And, and so in Christ, the, we have this great priest, our new high priest, and he's amazing. And I, I could spend the, the whole time talking about how amazing he is. But a couple of things that I, I want to talk about is that one is that um, he's able to sympathize with us. Because Jesus came and lived as we do, uh, fully God, fully man, without sin, don't get me wrong, but he lived this life. He experienced what it's like to be us. He got flesh. He knew what it was like. And, you know, he, he came to live that way. The, the writer of Hebrews says in chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who's been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So this grace priest over the house of God is, is, is one that we can approach because of what he's done. And he's there for us and he gives us grace and mercy in our time of need. And so you need to be aware of that in times like this and in all times really, but, but that, that he has the grace and mercy for you in your time of need. Have you ever, um, and you maybe you've been through a situation, but have you ever, and you're obviously in one now, but have you ever seen somebody going through a situation and you thought to yourself, I don't believe I could bear what they were going through. I just don't believe I could bear that. And, and yet somehow we do. And the reason is, is that we get the grace that we need as we need it. So when you see someone going through something, you think, I, I don't think I could do that. It's because you don't have the grace then because you don't need it. You don't need that grace. But whose people that are going through it are getting what they need. It's an amazing deal that we have in him because he's with us and he's for us. And so we approach him. We're to approach him in difficult situations. And, and he has for us the grace and the mercy that we need in, in those times because he gets what it's like to be us. We also, in Christ, have a great priest who is superior in every way to all of the previous and any sort of other system out there. The writer of Hebrews says in uh, chapter 7, 26 or 28, such a high priest meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, unlike the other high priest of the Levitical system. He does not need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. Our great priest gave his life for us as the perfect, ultimate, once and for all sacrifice so that through him and in him we can be reconciled to God. Because of that, he goes on in Hebrews 10.22, the verses that we're looking at. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. See, we can now draw near to Him. Again, remember that verse from 416, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. We can draw near to Him because of what He's done. We have a very real enemy who would like to keep you distant. He doesn't want you hanging out with the Lord. He wants you to feel guilt and shame so that you draw back and you stay away. And yet, because of what Jesus has done, we don't need to experience guilt and shame. And it takes those weapons out of the enemy's toolbox. And, and, and so, we, we, you could easily start to think, well, I, I don't, I'm not good enough for this, or, you know, I've got this going on, I can't, I can't go to the Lord. And, and you need to know that in Christ, 
you have access because of what he's done, not because of what you have or haven't. Hebrews 10.23 Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess that he who promised is faithful. I love that. God is faithful. Always has been, always will be, always is. He's faithful. He's always faithful. Um, that doesn't mean that you know we get a pass on what happens in a fallen world on a broken planet, but but he's faithful, and you can count on it. Paul, in in writing Second Timothy chapter two, it says, "If we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot disown himself." That means that he's faithful. That's who he is. It's his character. He's faithful. That's who God is, and we need to remember that God is faithful. The one who promises is faithful. And you can count on it. You can trust on Him. And you trust in Him. And you can know that He's got you. That He's with you. That He's for you. And that as a, as a believer, you're in His hands. And you always will be. Again, life in the temporary part of this thing. It's, and you, you're experiencing that. Many of you. It's difficult. But, but He's got us. In, in the important part. The forever part. And He's with us now. And He's doing amazing things. And He's at work in amazing ways. And, and it, you know, I keep encouraging you, just make sure your, your eyes are open to see what he's doing. Don't miss it. 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. This is important too because in our perspective is the realization that we don't want to get so self-focused that we miss the bigger picture of what's going on because it's as we sort of get outside of ourselves that we experience life. I talked about that over the weekend. That, that, that's where we find life. It's important that we don't get so stuck in the midst of our own story that we sort of distance ourselves from His story, which is where we find life. Remember, His story. We're in His story. He invites us into His story. He's the noun of the story. We're the adjectives. We, we live in a way that describes Him. That's our purpose. And as we do that, we find life. If we try to become the noun of the story, we don't experience life in its fullness and its abundance because we're, we're in the wrong part of the story. And so we, we realize this. And so part of that is um, we're to uh, spur one another on toward love and good deeds. We're to help others. We're to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And when I read that, I always think about all of the one another verses in the New Testament. And there's lots of them. But, you know, we're to, we're to love one another. We're, we're, to, um, we're to serve one another. Uh, we're to be kind to one another. We're to be compassionate to one another. We're to be forgiving one another. We're to be encouraging one another. We're to bear with one another. Um, we're to pray for one another. See, uh, and there's, there's like a hundred of those verses. And that's how we are to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We're to realize that this is part of what we do is we make sure that we're um, reaching out and, and caring for and loving and fellowshipping with and relating to uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, as well as, you know, our further mission into the world around us. 25. So let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us not give up meeting together. Now, it's kind of preaching to the choir, because you, you haven't, because you're here. So, I'm happy about that. But... Let's just talk about it this way for a moment. 
because, see, the church needs what you bring to the fellowship. Remember, the church is us. It's not this facility. This is our facility. Um, but you're the church. And right now we're the church gathered. When you leave, you're the church out there. You're still the church. Before we had the big storm, we were talking about that all the time, that, you know, the, the church, is, is not, church isn't something that we do on Wednesday night and the weekend. Church is something that we are all the time. We're the church. We're His church. And so um, the church needs you. Uh, you might think, oh, no, but no, but the church needs you. The, the body of Christ needs you. Uh, it needs your gifts. It needs your talents. It needs your time. It needs your prayers. Uh, it needs you just to show up. It needs you. Uh, you might think, oh, no, but absolutely. You're, you're a vital and necessary part of the church. You matter. You make a difference in his story. And, and, um, and so part of the reason that you, you can't stop getting together is that the church needs you to be the process. You might not always feel like getting together, variety of reasons, but at some point you've got to go, it's not all about me though. I'm, I'm needed. I'm necessary. Don't ever stop thinking that. Don't ever stop. That's a, that's a, when you start thinking that, it's a trap. You're needed. Well, I don't do anything you say. Yeah, you do. You show up. You smile. You say hello. You, you pray. Multitudes of things that you do. You're, you're necessary. You need to be here. You need to be a part. And so we, we remember sometimes it's not all about me. But, you know, it's some about me. And, and sometimes if you don't feel like hanging out with the church, um, sometimes that's a pretty good warning sign that something might not be right with us. And, and so we need to look at that because it's fascinating. Um, I meet people all the time who regularly came to church to be a part of the group. And then all of a sudden, something happened, and they missed a week, and then they missed a second week, then they missed a third week, and do you know, by week number four, they were completely out of the habit, some of them, and you, you would, you would, I would run into them, and they'd go, oh yeah, I just sort of got out of the habit. I'm like, that was not a good choice. <laughs> and they immediately feel guilty, and I got to go, oh, no, I no guilt, I get it, just, you know, I'm, 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 I, are you okay, what's going on? And, and I tell them, you need to make it a habit again. And, and uh, so to come, I, I don't, if you don't feel like coming, I know that there's other things you can do, but come because it's way better to come. See, sometimes people stop, it gets out of the habit. Um, other times um, people stop coming because maybe something in their life has gotten a little out of kilter. And when they come to church, it, they, it sort of gets, they feel like it's getting pushed into their face. And that's generally not other church people, especially not here. That's the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, you need to get back because maybe, maybe these things aren't great. Um, so I love this, this illustration, if you're ever feeling that way. So, because it might be how you feel about the church. Um, and, and so I, I, I make this illustration with our friends in law enforcement because we have a bunch of them here, and I'm very happy about that. But uh, so if you're in trouble, if you're stranded on the side of the road, or if somebody is messing with you and you're in a bad situation and a law enforcement officer arrives on the scene, you pretty much think that's a good thing. You're, that's cool. Very happy you're here. Glad, glad to have you. Needed you. Wonderful. Glad that you're here. You're happy to see them. They're a hero. Yay. Good job. But if you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, you may not be excited to have that very same person roll up at that time. Do you get the huge differences going on there? It's a, all of a sudden, well, oh, oh yeah. And, and, and it could be the very same person. They didn't change a bit. The only thing that changed is what you were doing. And it changed your perspective. 
about the situation. Sometimes we just need to be aware of that about the church. Um, because usually when we're really trying to do the next right thing, the church is a good thing. We get it. We know. We're part. We need to be there. People need us to be there. We impact other people. They, they help us. They encourage us. They pray for us. They bless us. But sometimes if we're moving not in a good direction, suddenly the very same church seems critical and mean-spirited, judgmental, hypocrites, just trying to get in my business. Who do they think they are? And it's pretty much the same group of people. I'm not saying you won't run into people like that at the church because they're here, but, but it's not generally the thing. So, so the reality is, as followers of Christ, we need the church as much as the church needs us. It's a very neat thing, the way God has worked that out. And, and you know, I say that, why we need it, is because the, the fruit of the Spirit, which is what needs to be developed in us, in our lives, only happens in the context of community. You, you, you cannot develop the fruit of the Spirit in isolation. Because it, it's a relational. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. By yourself, you can probably whip up most of those things. <laughs> but uh, all of a sudden, if there's other people in a mix, it's a much bigger deal, right? Um, so you, you need to be... You can't develop without the church. God put it here on purpose. For that reason. So it's not all about me, but it's some about me. And we're to be encouragers. That's something that, you know, as church, we should be. Um, uh, to encourage literally means to put courage into someone. And so that concept has been a big part of what we've done. But even, but now, even, you know, we should be, you know, constantly encouraging people because so many people need it, that they need to know they can trust Him, that He loves Him. And, you know, we don't have the answers for everything happens, but we know that God is God. And, and the, it's a fallen world, a broken planet, things happen, but God is with us and for us and loves us and makes a way when there seems to be no way. And, and, and an encouraging person is good to be around because they build you up with their words and their actions and their attitudes. And the, the, the fearful, grumpy world that we live in, you know, just filled... Maybe some of you have caught a break because you're so busy. Have you? I hope this is true for you. you. You haven't been listening to news and stuff like that very often because you're just too overwhelmed with what you got. And, and it's, it's like, it's, 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 there's enough going on here. You, don't, you know what I mean? It's kind of a break. I, I've told you for, for years now, just stay away from some of that stuff because it'll take you down um, because we can't be encouraged when you're listening to all the mess. I get that it's a mess out there, but I don't need to hear it 24 hours a day. I, I just need to read a headline so I can pray. And then I want to just press into what God's doing. So, um, so we're to be encouragers. We have a book that's full of encouragement because that's the Bible. Truth, hope, love, purpose, forgiveness. That's what it's all about. And so that's what uh, those verses really, I think, why they're so important. And, and so I want to encourage you again this week, you know, spend some time just hanging out in those verses and what they mean. Therefore, brothers since sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is His body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. And let us... Uh, not consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And let us not give up meeting together. The summer in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Hang on to those this week. Think about that. 
I think it'll help you get a better perspective, throne room perspective. That's where we find life. That's where we're going to end it today. If you're watching my video, thanks for watching. Appreciate you doing that. And uh, love to see you soon. If you have a prayer request, go to the website. There's a prayer page. Put it there. We will get back to you. That's where that's going to end. If you have prayer requests, you can pass them up to me, and I will pray for you. Douglas is picking them up. When you have the microphone on, you can't make sound effects when you bend down for things. So I really had to not do it because every part of me wanted to go, eh.